0: I think it's going to rain
1: and then it's going to stop. This is I Am a Griefist, a childhood cancer grief journey podcast.
0: This (laughs) is Uma and I'm rubbing your hair. Just this (laughs) hair.
2: Caressing my leg.
0: I'm like, okay, it's Uma, girl. Yeah, it is. It is.
1: (laughs) So we've already started recording.
0: Uh (laughs) Uh-oh.
1: Hi, Mom. Hi, good morning. There was a third voice here who will introduce himself shortly, but we have a very special guest today. And don't mind the dogs breathing in the background. They're joining us today, too, so if you hear whining or panting, that is dogs, not humans. So apologies ahead of time. I was just going to blame him? (laughs) It could be our special guest as well, but it's... Not, but it could be. Who knows? So anyway, we have a special guest today. This one I'm actually excited for. Why? Why are we excited?
0: Who is it? Who is, is it? Who is it? Can i let him introduce himself?
2: Yeah. Go ahead.
0: Special guest, introduce yourself.
2: Thank you for saying I'm special. I'm Uncle Jake.
1: Hey, Uncle Jake. <laughs> Uncle Jake. Uncle Jake is also my... Husband, oh, sucks to be you. I'm kind of nervous. I'm kind of nervous because I've talked a lot of shit about my husband on here, and he hasn't listened to any episodes. He hasn't.
0: No. Wow.
1: Yeah. So it's gonna be really
0: exciting when he hears them. Yeah. (laughs) I was nervous before Steve got on though too. Were you? Yeah, but the only thing I was nervous about is actually hearing his pain.
1: Okay. So I'm only nervous. Okay, so here's what's going to be funny. So when I sent Steve the questions, it was mostly about his story. I sent Uncle Jake his questions, and it was questions about me. <laughs>
0: that's funny. <laughs> that's funny.
1: Because I think that's part of it, too. I think that...
0: It is, watching.
1: Yeah, sort of watching seeing... It play out. Exactly, and I didn't think about that with Steve, and I should have, and asked. But he, he shared pretty openly about <laughs> your relationship and yeah. how it was to deal with you with what was going on, but I think it was an opportunity, a late opportunity, realized that, you know, it's probably something that he can share his perspective on, on caring for a caregiver. So, hi. Hello. Hello. By the way, my husband is the funniest person I know. So, if we can make him laugh, it's kind of a big deal. So, I'm gonna try to make you laugh too, okay?
2: Uh, challenge accepted.
1: Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So, <laughs> Uncle Jake, where do we want to start? I don't know. I told you we should have had Steve here, too, but you said what? Absolutely not. Why? Because Jake deserves his own time, too. Oh, that's good. We can bring them that's in. Good. We can bring him in later, but... But what did you say? Absolutely not. No, but why <laughs> did you say? You didn't say absolutely not because he needs his own time. What did you say? I just said no. No, and you that said because I talk too much. Oh, they do
1: talk too much, too, though, but that's okay. <sighs> good. All right. I'm looking for my questions. I, don't, I, think, I think right now I lost you guys them. are
2: doing all the talking.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we'll Just shut up in a easy. second. I know. We'll shut up in a second once I find your questions. Okay. Oh. So do we want to start with pre-us meeting? Because you hmm. became an uncle hmm. before we met. And it wasn't with my family that made you an uncle. So do you want to talk about your experience becoming an uncle?
2: I speak to my my brother's having kids.
1: So you're the youngest. I am the youngest. Of... Two older, two older three, brothers. Three, yes. And I'm the youngest. So imagine what our relationship is like baby versus baby. We're both going to want our way. And guess who wins ultimately? Who wins? Yeah.
2: Of course you win.
1: Exactly. See, you. he's a great man. He's such a great man. I didn't <laughs> what, have to tell you that. but
2: to beat my wife. <laughs> how does that well, work? Well, that not physically. Right. Like, how I know. Do I, how but... do you do that? How do you win? In that?
1: I'm just always winning. Yeah. anyway go ahead share your share so you're the youngest of three what's the age difference between you and your brothers
2: my two older brothers it's four sometimes five years so this just depends on what time of the year yeah yeah but like basically one is five years older and the other one's four years older depending on the year
1: Really? I thought it was like a
2: seven-year we difference. Not, no, we weren't born on the same day either, so it just sort of changes.
1: Oh god. Okay. So I don't know when we're going to take you seriously and when oh, you're going to joke sorry. around. But yeah, it's like I mean. <laughs> so you between your the middle child is four years, and then you between you and the oldest is five years.
2: Yeah. If you just oh, okay. like did the math on
1: yeah 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 what Got year it. they were
2: born, but <laughs> well, if you use the months. Right. I it's thought it was
1: than. more than that, so that's probably why I was asking anyway. Okay. So your oldest brother had kids first.
2: No, my so the middle, middle brother. Yeah.
1: Okay. So what was that like for you?
2: It felt like a responsibility to just like be there for somebody who wasn't actually my own. Like mm. it's like an automatic feeling like, oh, with this new blood, I have to take care of. Like now I, they're a part of the family, even though you don't know them. Yeah. Right? It's like yeah. aut- automatic loyalty or whatever. Yeah. Automatic. I don't even, I don't even say it's a bond yet. It's just you're like, all right, well, it, yeah. I somebody else I'll die for, kind of thing.
1: Oh, yeah. that's so sweet. And it or, was a or kill for. It. And it was a girl. Yeah. The oldest was a girl, mm-hmm. and then, and then was it your older brother that had a bunch? So your other brother has your oldest brother has three boys, and the middle brother has five going on six mm-hmm. kids, mm-hmm. but he had two girls early on. Mm-hmm. So those were the first experiences you had with being an uncle.
2: Yeah, I think it was a niece from my middle, the middle brother, and then a boy, a nephew for the eldest brother. Yeah. yeah.
1: So this level of responsibility, different, because you weren't, you were the youngest kid, so you didn't really have tons of responsibility. So that was like your first exposure to responsibility. What did responsibility look like for you in that role?
2: Oh, that's being an uncle. Well, at first they lived so far away that it wasn't really a big deal. Oh, okay. Yeah, but you could feel it. It's like the middle brother. He's automatically their, like, God parent, basically. Like, if anything was to happen, yeah, I would automatically take his kids in. Now, the eldest brother, he just has a, probably a bigger support system,
1: mm. right? On the wife's side?
2: On the wife's side. Okay. To where that would just be, like, pretty intrusive if I was to step in. Oh, I don't think so. Yeah, because there's so many, you know, they have, they have a big, big family on that side. Maybe that's, like, well, our family uh, on this side. That's what I was going to say. If something <laughs> yeah.
0: happened... Uh, I must say, what are you here for, Jake? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As far as like, if there was a child involved, I'd be all, "No, this child's mine. Get out."
2: Oh, yeah, because whoa, like, yeah, roles, <laughs> roll, roles reversed, right? It's yeah, like, I wouldn't do that to you, Jake. Though. Well, no, still she my would. kid, but like, if something was to happen to both yeah. of us, for sh- your mom would be all it. Like,
0: yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah.
2: yeah. Okay. And if we ever have kids, <clears throat> that's my one of my fears. Is she'll just be there anyway. Wait, wait, she's <laughs> like. Like a, I'm moving it. in. Yeah.
0: <laughs> he, <laughs> said yeah. he said fear. He did say fear. I don't <laughs> care. Yeah, just like yeah, exactly. It doesn't matter.
2: She's like, hey,
0: I can't. Suck it up, Buttercup. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. she's,
2: she's like, thanks for having my kids for me. That's <laughs> what I'm
0: saying. Yeah. That's mine.
2: That's mine. Mine.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Another fear, guys, why I don't watch kids. <laughs> Who
2: knows what and, this is going to turn into. You know, it could be a positive, too, right? Because it's like, I don't really want to take care
0: of the thing. <laughs> the thing? <laughs> See, that's why I'm not going to leave them to you. Yeah,
2: right. No, but in, in all <laughs> seriousness, you'd be a great help if you were around, obviously. But I, it's just the overall sentiment of, like, yeah. on that side of the family. It just feels like it just it's more cohesive.
0: Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, but it's I, I have to be honest just knowing that you would kill for them we know that that we'll get into that then it's (laughs) it's it's hard for me to use the word blessing but it's basically like we know that they're going to be protected all the time and Mm. you're going to be there no matter what it's it's good to have that like i'm sure your brother appreciates that but he knows that if something were to happen you're you're right there yeah for sure So when we met, you became an uncle again. Mm
2: -hmm. Well, when we got married.
1: No, Well, I guess. Well, let's talk about because you met the baby and the kids before we got married. Yeah. What do you you remember about meeting them? All of them? Uh, You guys guys have a lot of... (laughs) Let's go with the baby and her brother. What do you remember about meeting them?
2: (laughs) With the baby, it was... She was just so fragile.
1: And how old was she do you remember
2: oh maybe like maybe one or two i like i where i put her it's it's sort of a blur in the very beginning yeah because uh, i'm not spending a bunch of time with them i'm just sort of seeing she
1: them. was one years old yeah when you and i started dating she yeah. was one
2: yeah so like and then because they stayed at the other house and they so didn't see him a bunch but yeah but again she's she's so tiny and fr- like anything because i'm I'm a big, for those listening, I'm a pretty big guy. He's a really big guy. Yeah, so you, you can imagine, <laughs> six
1: like, three. a uh, two-year-old
2: little girl and then a 6'3", 250-pound guy, right? Yeah. It's like, ugh. <laughs> like, if I feel like I even, I'm going to touch her, I'm going to break her, you know? Yeah. Like, maybe that's all guys' fears, like, don't drop the baby kind of thing. Yeah. You
1: know?
2: yeah. Don't fumble the ball.
1: Yeah, so she was tiny when you met her, mm-hmm. and she, little and fragile. But you got to see her grow up. What do you remember about her pre-diagnosis? Because she developed personality with you, so
2: yeah, very loving. We, you know, somewhat had a bond to where like she she accepted me, right? Mm-hmm. Like sort of recognized me as her uncle, right? That mm-hmm. that was
1: pre-marriage. No. Okay, this is after I don't we remember. Got married. Like,
2: I don't know. My my timeline and everything is, is, <laughs>
1: Fair is not great, right? Yeah, It's yeah. like, because I
2: can remember, I can hear her voice in my head even right now calling me Uncle Jake. Mm-hmm. When was the first time she said it? I, I couldn't tell you. Mm. But I don't think she would have cared whether we were married or not. Right? That's true. At some point, it was just around so much. It just-
1: and what's interesting is I think when I first brought Jake around, Jess was like... No relationship. Like, right. you're just some dude. Yeah. As it should be, right? I mean, <laughs> I mean it's fair, but yeah. it, you, like you don't bring someone to the family until it's serious. But I think I sort of just threw that out the door and was like, no, come on over, nice guy. Right? <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway. Okay. So what did we leave off? Pre-diagnosis. So mm-hmm. you don't remember too much about who she was, long hair, nothing like that before she was diagnosed?
2: No. I mean, I, I definitely remember her being... You know, jubilant and
1: it's a big and, word i'm going to have to yeah.
2: look that up <laughs> like I, I just always a bundle of of happiness and hopping around and mm. just just always being a little girl right yeah. just that is in a nurturing home and all that stuff the hard thing about it is the pre-diagnosis version of her and the post-diagnosis of her blend together yeah right so yeah. i just i don't remember if the event was pre-diagnosis or it was post-diagnosis yeah. because yeah. It's hard for me to place, because she's just little, right? Tiny. Tiny, right? So it's yeah. like, which which version of that was Yeah. Her, right? It's
1: more like, did she have hair or not? <laughs> right? Because she had long, beautiful hair. Mm-hmm. Long, long, long hair.
2: And pouty. what right? <laughs> that, was, that was, was endearing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, And I, I remember, just because maybe it's just what uncles do, but like just teasing her a little bit, and she'd just be like, Uncle
1: Jake! <laughs> <laughs> you know? Uncle Jake's a big kid. Yeah. He's a big, big kid, always wants to have fun, always playing. He Like, the adults will be in the corner talking, and he'll be running around with the kids. Like, yeah. he just fits in with the kids. Too silly, just making him full laugh. of love He's, and life and fun. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I feel like I act like an adult around you, and I'm my real self around them. <laughs> Ew! <laughs>
0: it's,
2: the, it's the opposite. It's like, like I'm Peter Pan or You're something. You're right,
1: because I don't want, like, a man-child.
2: So no, not in a man child way, <laughs> but, you know, it's like I just
1: like I, I'm talking like, shit to his face. Sorry. Yeah, no,
2: yeah, <laughs> but it's it's one of those things where it's like at some point we were taught to like sit down and be quiet and right. And I just have such a rebellious soul. Yeah, you do. like, Yeah, I just like if you give me a chance to run and scream, that's the that's a good time for me. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> like you know, I just <laughs> And he will. For sure.
2: I just like, yeah.
1: Which, if I can be honest, is sometimes endearing because that was that I've envisioned that is who he will be as a father if that happens ever. So, yeah, it's kind of cute. Wink. Heart emojis are going over my head right now. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So we're going to start getting into the serious stuff. Are you ready?
2: I kind of know what I got myself into, so okay. yeah, I'm ready. Okay.
1: What do you remember about the diagnosis?
2: I was thinking about this before I came on. I was trying to, again, sometimes I think memories are manufactured,
1: mm. right?
2: Like you, you you, make it into what you thought it was. So you mm. get a piece of it, but you don't remember the whole thing. Okay. So I sort of remember is like us being in the apartment and it's nighttime and you tell me. That's kind of how I remember it. Really? Yeah. Like you found out through family and then you broke it to me. You didn't tell me over, over text or obviously you just, you told me, I remember you telling me in person. Now that doesn't mean that that's actually how it went down. <laughs> right? Cause
1: I'm trying to think Yeah, that couldn't have possibly happened because what happened was I got called from work mm-hmm. to the hospital. So I'm at, I'm in Long Beach and I get a call We need to go to the hospital because she's having these tests done. Because we had already had all these tests. Do you remember Halloween? Do you remember the party? Do you remember us seeing these symptoms and going, hey, there's something not right. We got to get an ultrasound. We got to do this. We got to do that. Do you remember that?
2: Yeah, but that's, we didn't find out the results until later. Exactly. Right. So that's what I'm saying. I remember you telling me in person at home. It wasn't when you were at the hospital. because
1: I would have called you. Because We're, I was, yeah. I was in the hospital room with mom and Jess and the baby, and your mom's sister came. My aunt came with food and all this stuff, but I can't imagine that I waited to get home to tell
2: you. Well, maybe it's not something you want to say. It's just you want to, you know. There's just certain things you don't say over the phone and over text. Maybe that was the case, but that's I didn't. But anyway,
1: yeah, I'm gonna go with that. That's how I remember. Sure, great. So you learned she's diagnosed with cancer. This is a four-year-old at the time with cancer. What do you remember about
2: that time hearing that news? A little personal secret, right? Well, you know this. I don't like gore. I don't like bad information. I don't don't like to hear about bad things. Full stop. Like if I don't want to watch the news, I don't want to watch your silly YouTube video where somebody gets, you know, seriously injured, right? Like that's just not stuff I, I want to hear about ever. I try to guard myself all the time from that kind of stuff. Like, don't send it to me. I'm not just you know, I said full stop. And it was one of those things that was like, you can't avoid this. Mm. You can't not participate with this. Mm-hmm. Right. You're that,
1: stuck like Chuck.
2: Yeah, it's like for the rest of the world, you know, bad things happen to people all the time. It's like, but for my own sanity, I don't want to hear about every bad thing that happens. Yeah. So so this is one of those things where it's like well, this is a tragic event that you're gonna have to you're gonna have to work through. Yeah. And just saying it like that makes me feel like I'm being selfish because mm. I don't. I remember I don't automatically have like I feel sad sadness that she's going through it and that bad things are happening. Mm-hmm. But my first response to it is that she's gonna be okay.
1: Mm, okay.
2: So I don't I don't immediately feel. I don't want to say bad. F- I do have empathy for her and I feel like that's a terrible thing to go with, but I don't have any like impending doom feeling.
1: Mm, right. Okay.
2: Yeah. It's just, it's like, man, it sucks for a little kid to have to go through it. And part of me is like, well, maybe since they're young, they'll go through it early.
1: Resilient. And not- right. Yeah.
2: And then they'll, they don't even remember it. Yeah, right? Yeah. Cause there's, pl- you know, do I don't remember anything from when I'm four right, or three. Mm-hmm. So she'll go through it and at least it happened early enough where, you know, it'll pass. Yeah. So that's, if that answers your question.
1: Yeah. What do you remember about me in di- during diagnosis?
2: Yeah, this this is a part of the story where I don't want to put you like on front street, so to speak.
1: Go ahead. I can cut it out.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's
1: the magic of of whatever this is. Media? I don't know. Okay. Yeah. yeah.
2: Well, just processing my own feelings was difficult because your feelings were so big. Mm. Right? So it's like automatically I felt like I couldn't break down as much as you were breaking down because both of us broken down. We just wouldn't be able to survive. Mm. So just like this automatic feeling of, okay, I got to like be the strong one. Mm. Like I don't want to say the sh- the strong one so much as, as much as like make sure that, sh- make sure she can lean on you. Mm. Don't, don't make, don't be the person that sh- she's got to hold you while crying. Right? Like don't, don't fall apart into tears. Like, really in front I'm of you. I'm
1: falling apart in tears right now. Yeah.
2: I remember it was a really distinct <laughs> feeling, too, because, like, you're trying to process it, the the reality of the situation, and watching you break down, right? And it's, like, as much as, like, I want to sit on the couch and, and cry with you, it always made me feel like I would make things worse for you.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Even though you probably wanted me to, right? You, like, just wanted to... F- Feel like somebody was in the same environment as you, I guess. Like, because it's probably hard to see. Like, I would imagine this. Like, you'd look at me and be like, "Look, he's not, he's not emotionally affected at all." And I'm, I'm in tears. What's wrong with him, right? And that just—I don't know if it's my upbringing or my military experience or. What oh, was, that's
1: but, right. We didn't yeah. mention that.
2: Yeah.
1: My husband is a veteran, a war veteran, even.
2: Yeah. You know, yes. Thank you not, for
1: your service,
2: sir. You know, thank you for your support, but. <laughs> <laughs> you know, war veteran just means I went. I mean, I wasn't really in any action, so.
1: Well, you served in a war that many yeah. don't, so yeah. give yourself a little credit. Yeah, I do. I just okay. don't want to
2: take credit from the guys that actually.
1: I get it. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry.
2: So, Not sure if it was your military background, maybe. It's just that feeling when something bad's happening and everything is falling apart, you have to keep it together, right? And you sort of learn. I think I, did, I learned this before I was in, in the military, but how to turn it off, right? Where it's like, mm. I'm in a crisis right now. Mm-hmm. If I break down, it makes things worse, right? Mm. I'll compartmentalize this and I'll have my moment when I'm not underdressed, mm. right? And that, you know, some people say that because that moment never comes, right? So, say, well, you're just bottling up your emotions because mm-hmm. no one's going to take the time and be like, you know what, I'm going to take my time to feel sad now, mm-hmm. right? It's mm-hmm. like, you don't say that to yourself. Right. So but like, do
1: you have those moments when you're alone? Because I wonder if it's like in the presence of me, you have this feeling of a responsibility of be the strong one, but was there ever any moments where you were alone that you can give yourself a break and feel those emotions?
2: Yeah, but feel you know, some more personal stuff, right? Shit. Yeah, I really struggle with things that are, are depressing because mm-hmm. I can I can live in that space and sort of suffer, like, sit and suffer in my own Shit, sorry if I'm cussing. No, right? um, I'm like, in my own well, you know, for the other ears out there, right? Like, we
1: curse
0: all day, yeah, please. Well, <laughs> have some respect for your audience. No. <laughs> <laughs> Let me yeah.
2: ask you a question. Yeah. Debriefing. Mm-hmm.
0: Is that what you needed? Is something like that?
2: I know it's it's an interesting way to say it because it's, it's such a, a military term.
0: Well, law enforcement. It's law the enforcement. Same thing. Yeah. So we go through that when we have a high stress situation. And as dispatchers, we were never involved. But until recently, I didn't realize the effectiveness of it. Yeah. Once I was involved in it, it's like what we do after each of our guests. Yeah. Yeah. We debrief and it actually helps to be able to talk about Uh it. Process Uh it. Uh Yeah.
2: Yeah. No. Right. I don't. And really, because the focus for me wasn't me, the focus for me was my wife, the family, the baby. So there wasn't a time for me to feel for myself, right? And I didn't want a time to feel for myself. Mm. Like a lot of times I think when we break down, we're really breaking down because we feel injured or we feel bad, right? It's very, to have a level of empathy where you're just crying because somebody else is in pain, it, I think that's not the same. That's like, it's almost like I'm just really sad they're going through it, right? And you see your friend injured, you're, you're upset about it but to sit and wallow in somebody else's pain is a really like, I don't know anybody who does that. Right. It's just your own pain that you're feeling. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, mm-hmm. so I didn't, I also don't want to like virtue signal. Right. Like what? Like, well, <laughs> yeah. Like I, I didn't want to be the person that was like, Hey, I'm, it's not the right word to use, but I'm, I'm hurting too. Right. Why like not? I'm, I'm somebody who has pain too. look at me. I'm, I'm I'm just like you guys, right? I just didn't want that. Well, you say why not?
1: Yeah, I mean, if that's how you were feeling, and it's not, a, it's not attention seeking.
0: It Feels like a, a gender thing.
1: I don't know because I think Steve most was of the, the men have way. said that, but yeah. but because they're the support—that's that role, I guess, of the husband or the man. I guess I don't know. I'm just speculating here.
2: Why, well, if you're close to it, like. If it was my daughter, right? Then you'd say people behind me would be support, right? And then this role, I'm support to you. I don't feel like it was my place to be weak, to be sad. It didn't feel like it felt like my place was to be the person as
1: weak. As like it's negative to have emotions.
2: Well, I think when I'm being weak, it's understood that somebody who's Unable to control themselves To break down. To break down. Mm-hmm. If you're not in control of yourself, you're right now you're weaker than you are if you weren't in that position. Huh. Look, for us, I mean, I'm trying to think about
0: when we were in the thick of things, mm-hmm. we didn't break down. It was afterwards. Oh, it yeah. It was when I got okay. home. Okay. It was so. Yeah, yeah. When I got home, Steve didn't break down. He watched me break down. Yeah. And I feel like he couldn't. Because he had to be strong so that I can break down, so I could have mm. a shoulder to cry on. That's an interesting dynamic.
2: If you think about it in a way that's like, if I see you in duress as a man, I see a woman in duress, and my response is to be in duress as well, that's not a very good survival mechanism. No. <laughs> right? <laughs> It's like there's a That's problem. That's got to be
1: the military in that, you. <laughs> well,
2: hey, 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 there's a problem. Okay, I got to get in front of it, yeah, right? Yeah. It's, you can't handle something. I'm going to get between you and the problem. Yeah. So it just, again, it's and it's not like a heroic thing either. It's just the way you feel in the moment, it doesn't, you can't even process the emotion of like, oh, I'm sad too. Mm-hmm. Right? Because it's almost like now I'm taking away your your need for support or your need for to be able to process your grief.
0: It, it, you know what? It, I know you said it's military. It's law enforcement, but that's part of, like, militaristic. You cannot let that affect you when there's something major going on, and it doesn't affect you until afterwards. And, and you need to guys, you need to think
1: straight yeah, to be able to make non-emotional correct. decisions yeah. even in very high-intensive answering answering situations. The phone, yeah. Even answering yeah, yeah. the
0: phone. If I were to break down, nothing would happen. But especially, like, if some major stuff is going on, you have to be able to call the fire department, call the ambulance company. You have to be able to function or we all go down, you know, and nothing gets done. You're right. So somebody has to, like, stand up and just go. Okay. Yeah.
2: Yeah. well, it started that way. It carried on, and we can get into that in a minute. But you're absolutely right. That, that's that's the only feeling I could have. Mm. Like I, the other feelings didn't pop up. Like, it just it wasn't it wasn't at the surface
1: immediately or
2: ever. No, it it you know we'll fast forward a little bit and I'll tell you guys the end of the story and then we'll get to the beginning again. But I didn't really think that she wasn't gonna make it until the day that she passed. Like 100. Like we're gonna be okay.
0: Right? Yeah. I, my tissues have been out. <laughs> like, I felt the same way. Even though we were told different, I felt the same way.
2: Yeah. That's not... So if it's going to be okay, and I, and I genuinely believe that, what, what is there to me to, for me to break down about? Mm-hmm. Right? It's like she's going through it. You can't... You want to take that from her, but you can't be there, be emotionally available for her, be, right? Try to be with you guys as much as possible, but if it's going to be all right, all this fussing for is for nothing, yeah. right? And, and, and not to say that your feelings are nothing. It's definitely a traumatic event. But, you know, I did. I really believed it all the way to the last sort of moment, right? Mm. Yeah.
1: Had you had any prior experience with cancer in the family, friends, anything like that?
2: No. Like. So this was your first real exposure to cancer? Close to me to where I had to live through it. Mm. Like I had to see the process play out Mm -hmm. right remember there's a girl in high school that she got cancer oh a teenager a teenager and it's like at first you're like why is she wearing a bandana right or maybe she just wanted to shave her head or something like you don't really you were mean in high school too by the way (laughs) well well, you didn't know me in high school well
1: from what I hear you
2: was a jerk (laughs) if you guys wanted to do a podcast about those stories I can do that as well I don't
0: believe that okay so I believe is, everybody can have a main streak, but I can't believe sure. it from Jake. No.
1: Okay. So she says that because Jake is probably the most stand-up guy you will ever meet besides Steve.
0: So I, <laughs> I feel the same way about Steve. So when he was sharing his, yeah. is it Sue, <laughs> Sue story? I'm all, <laughs> who is that? Who would do but that? But I think the most stand-up guys have the most interesting childhood,
1: probably, yeah. you know, to make them and create them into who they are today. Jake I don't know if he'll he'll share some of his childhood, but he didn't grow up in the most affluent environment, I should say. But he's had to make his own way. And I think part of that was going into the military because you were sort of in this, like uncertain with where your life was going and so the military was probably the best for you at the time but i mean like as we all do he got into trouble as a kid he was like a like he said he has a rebe- rebellious spirit and he was a wild child that would go out on his bike at two o'clock in the morning <laughs> like you know what i mean like he just this latchkey kid that who knows where he's at but you know he had a single mom who worked her butt off for three boys. So, in him being the youngest, I'm sure the older brothers were supposed to care for him. And who knows if they actually yeah, did. because
2: <laughs> working
0: your butt off means you're not at home. Right. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: There's so much I could say about my childhood and my mom, the way we grew up. It uh, It's obviously formed me for who I am. Absolutely. Right? Like, everybody's childhood does that. Yeah. But, like, in a way that that same rebellious spirit is also an independent spirit. Yeah. And even though my mom wasn't around... I could feel her,
1: if yeah. that makes sense.
2: Sure. Right. Yeah. So it's like, there was definitely a time in my life it's where. Great really,
1: influence on you. Yeah. Great yeah. influence on me. Mm-hmm.
2: Tried to instill morals in us. And she's probably the most stoic.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Like, I've only seen my mom cry a couple times. And it was like once when I was a kid, but after I was a kid, mm. I saw her cry more. But when mm-hmm. we were kids, it was like she had to believe that no matter what, it was going to be okay. Yeah. Because for, well, tell you guys, my mom was a waitress. Okay. And at that time, waitresses didn't even make minimum wage.
1: Yeah, and working off of tips mostly, right? Yeah.
2: Her work wasn't close either, so she had to she had a little bit of a commute ahead of her. She, she just had to do it, especially in the very beginning, because you know, getting a better job later. But in the very beginning, she had young kids at home. She had to hope that, you know, we wouldn't burn the house down. And she would go to work as like a, you know, sub-minimum wage employee trying mm-hmm. to just literally feed us off her tips yeah right like you can tell if mom got good tips that way if we got like hot dogs versus hamburger yeah. right like yeah that kind of thing yeah um but yeah just to see her sort of always have it together
1: yeah
2: that's part of where that comes from but that also allowed me to not have it together yeah right so yeah. that's that's where all some of the, my personality comes mm-hmm. in
1: right Sorry, to get back to yeah. you being a jerk as a teenager <laughs> to now being a stand up guy, but there was a, a a high school classmate that had cancer.
2: Yeah, well I didn't really know her, I just remember seeing her on campus. Mm. Right. And that was that's the earliest I can sort of remember someone even in my vicinity, right? And then as you get older Did you, she go
1: you, away? I don't know. Oh, okay.
2: Yeah, again I, I just I knew I saw Briefly. her over. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I don't know the story. Okay. And then, you know, you just hear about certain people get get cancer and you see the commercials and, you know, it, it affects people. And then you hear the horror stories about people and their insurance and how all that works. Yeah. Placed, right? Like, absolutely. And it's just not only does it take your life, but it ruins it before you.
1: Yeah. Get back, right. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah.
2: It's just horrific. But if you're not living in that community, it's sort of out of sight, out of mind. Yeah. Yeah. You know?
1: So let's talk about the cancer journey a, a bit. So we had mm-hmm. talked briefly about sort of what you you remember about it. So we get this diagnosis. You kind of remember what happened. She immediately was chemo, radiation, and then she relapsed. Do you remember anything about the her losing her hair originally and just that first round of treatment?
2: I remember the first round of treatment. They said, "Look, this is like a really survivable cancer. You can." Like a thirty-five percent chance of not making it or whatever, and it, it was it was a super low number. I don't remember them saying. I don't remember what the number was, but it was low. Like okay, like we're gonna. I don't get think to, it was thirty-five, but like <laughs> that's the number I remember in my head. But you know, again, the, uh-huh. I can, you can manufacture that might have been
1: like a relapse rate or something. Yeah, not even the rate no. Rate.
2: no. <laughs> okay, like who I, knows? I just like that's the mem- the number I have in my head. Yeah, my memory. Sure. So I'm not 100% confident that all my memories are between the two diagnoses. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I just remember in the very beginning, it was like, oh, this is this is just something she's going to have, like I said earlier, something yeah. she's got to go through when she's young. You know, they'll do what they have to do. I'm going to be there for you. When she's ready, we'll go back in the backyard and go play again. Like, it sucks, but there's absolutely nothing I can do about it. Right. How was I during that time, do you remember? Uh, mostly inconsolable. You know, it wasn't that long into us on commitment together. That,
1: that's right. We yeah. we got married during her cancer journey. Yeah. So so that's an interesting story that I'm willing to share. So I I was pressuring the hell out of you to get married. Okay, so I wanted to get married. Uncle Jake did not want to get married for well, like, well, his own personal reasons. Well,
2: not only did I not want to get married, it's just at this point in my feeling in this point in time, like what's the point <laughs> other, other, other than being able to share benefits. Right. And, yeah. and do your taxes together or whatever. Yeah. It's like, I just wanted the yeah. ring. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's something to like actually to do and it makes you feel more committed because it's on paper. Yes. It's, It just makes it official.
1: It was the next step in our relationship because I was living with mom in college, Mm -hmm. met you. We moved in together, went Mm -hmm. to L.A. Mm -hmm. And so like naturally it was like, well, are we going to do this or what? Right. Because we've taken the necessary steps to make this official lawfully. And you were kind of just like, "Mm."
2: (laughs) hmm. Well, I always felt like even to this day, I feel like if ever you became so unhappy, you didn't want to be together. It wouldn't matter that we were married. We would split up, right? If it, if the the relationship ever got to a point where neither of us were happy, we've kind of already made that agreement to our uh, between each other mm-hmm. that we're not just going to continue to be miserable just because of this. I say sacrament, right? That we don't even really believe in. Like mm-hmm. we don't believe in the religion itself. So he says we, but we're going to get to that too. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like this was a commitment between me and you. Yeah. Right, I know yeah. we did it in a church, but yeah. I always wanted to give you enough respect to say, you don't have to stay with me, and be miserable. Mm. Right. Okay.
1: So we got we got married. He actually proposed with a Chipotle pepper. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's the first time.
1: Uh uh-huh. So he gave me. We created a little Chipotle like bell pepper ring, and I put it on.
2: Well, it's kind of because you you know. Pressing the the subject. fucking around him. Yeah. (laughs) And I told her, I don't have a problem with marrying you. I'll I'll ask you to marry me right now, right? And then she was like, we don't have a ring. So I got a a Chipotle pepper. from." Isn't
1: that so sweet? No,
2: it's not a Chipotle pepper. It's a a bell pepper, a green bell pepper. and A Chipotle Chipotle burrito.
1: Yeah.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I was like, there you go. You got your ring. Congratulations.
1: And then once he said, okay, I didn't want him to change his mind. We were married in six weeks. Six weeks after that.
2: Like, for For the the listening audience, I wasn't even... He couldn't even blink. No, I wasn't even sure that she was serious. Like, (laughs) we were going to show up at the... Like, we are actually going to do it until probably two weeks out. It was sort of, like, vague in the air. Like, you know, I'm going to think about it, make plans and all this stuff. Oh, no. And then next... Oh,
1: no. Because you know what you said to me? You said, as long as all I have to do is show up, we'll do this. And I said, shut up, go away. I'll tell you where to be and when.
2: And that... (laughs) <laughs> again my my commitment level to you at that time it it's the same as it is today i'm gonna be with you for as long as you and i can stand each s- other. stand each other mm-hmm. like the, i'm not gonna i'm not gonna <laughs> cheat on you or leave you or like it's not that's not the type of person that i am yeah like, i'm a yeah i'm a pretty committed guy so that doesn't it was making me more committed. So you're committed or you're not.
1: Yeah. Right. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. But we didn't let him change his mind. So we were married in six weeks. The baby was our flower girl. And most of that wedding was about the baby. We did a jumping song. The jumping song was the most important thing. Anyway, we had a song dedicated just for her. And it was just like a budget wedding, but oh. like we didn't want it any bigger than that. It was really mom pressuring us because she was like, No, the family has to be there. And we were like, we just want to elope. Uh huh.
2: <laughs> you remember that? I don't remember it that way, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> we wanted to elope, and then yeah. I. I think more. I don't even think you mean elope. I think you mean like a shotgun wedding. Like we just we wanted to just do elope. it and be done. Like, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I think the only thing that I remember is saying we need a reason to celebrate.
1: That too. That too, because she had gone through so much, and she was well at that time, yeah. and we appreciated the status, like, the state of where we were in the journey. It was Mm -hmm. comfortable, and we were like, we need to do something fun. She helped me pick out my dress, Mm -hmm. and trying to find a dress in six weeks is nearly impossible. I took one off the mannequin. Like, it was, like, everything worked out the way it was supposed to work out for us to do that wedding in six weeks. So,
2: I'm going to completely disagree with you on that. It worked out because you're the kind of person that makes things work. Shit. that's that's a different thing. It's not like all the pieces just fell in place with each other. I don't you, know if I was ready for that. No, it's your, <laughs> that's one, that's your superpower. Like you have the, the follow through ability and the ability to then stay on top of stuff to get it done. Hmm. Like you may never come up with the idea.
1: <laughs> it it out of this yeah. recording alive today.
2: But, but it's, no, as far as like being the person who can get it, get a thing done. That's, that's why it got done. It wasn't because, you know, you know, magic.
1: Mm-hmm. No, it was you. Okay, thank you for that. Yeah. Was that a compliment?
2: it's 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 more than a compliment. Oh, yeah, thank you.
1: <laughs> so we got married and then so that was in August. and then I want to say it was nearly after in the holidays where she regularly relapsed, right? It was during mm-hmm. the holiday time. So do you remember holidays? During relapse, we were in the hospital. We did Thanksgiving in the hospital. Do you remember any of that?
2: Yeah, I remember having Thanksgiving in the hospital, right? It's certain things that you just can't forget. Yeah. Like, yeah, I can remember the emotion of that time. Or I can feel it, the whole journey, right? Just how I felt, how I felt for you and the baby during that time. But there's just certain things that you're only going to do once in your life hopefully and for a very specific reason Mm -hmm. and having thanksgiving in a hospital is one of those things Mm -hmm. right like no one even imagines ever like you Mm -hmm. know this would be a good idea yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah. right so when it actually does happen to you you're like this is a very interesting experience yeah you know and it was less about thanksgiving as much as we wanted to be thankful for each other it's kind of hard to look at the person next to you and go i'm just so thankful with this impending doom over your shoulder, mm-hmm. right? It's like you still have to pay credence to the fact that there is this horrific thing going on in the other room. Mm-hmm. It's very hard to be think like truly thankful in that moment, even though you are, right? Just those two things can't live in your head at the same time. Yeah, yeah, I,
0: I agree with that. So uh, I don't, I don't know that at that time I was thinking how blessed I am or how thankful I am. Yeah. I was yeah. just like, let's make sure they have turkey.
1: She has a good time
0: there. Yeah, mm-hmm. then she
1: we yeah. give her Thanksgiving wherever she is. It didn't matter. It was yeah. we'll bring Thanksgiving to her and that's what we did.
0: Yeah, that
2: we're just gonna
1: bring
0: do bring her some kind yeah. of um, yeah. We'll see.
1: Yeah. yeah. What was it like to navigate our relationship
2: through cancer? The toughest thing in our relationship was trying to figure out if you were mad at me or you're mad at the situation that we we're in. No <laughs> oh, <shit>. right. Because <laughs> Because you, I wouldn't Mom's know. Mom's
1: nodding her head. <laughs> I, w- I wouldn't,
2: like, are you really flipping about about this this thing that happened? Right? Something that you don't like? I'm
1: laughing, but I'm dying inside. Yeah. Like, I'm, my heart is crushed.
2: Yeah. So I, I have to try to, like, parse through. Is she really mad at me that the dishes aren't done? Or is she, because she's overly mad, then you should be about that sort of thing. Right? But she just finally had it with me? Or is there just a bunch of other tension that she's holding on to and I just so happened to be the the target right and the first target I guess to let that tension go out on so some of it was just you know I tell you this all the time I'll I'll never fight with you like I'm never going to try to win against you it's just not I think maybe in a younger version of me would have but it just it doesn't feel right so if you're going through something I'm not going to try to challenge you in that moment and, and like say to you something to defend myself Right. It's like, all right, that's what you're feeling. Okay. Like I just, just just keep it moving. Right. I'm not just, I'm not going to fire back at you. Steve said
0: that there were moments where he just was taking things personal and didn't recognize the fact that it had nothing to do with him, but it wasn't until later that he recognized
2: it as not actually being angry at him, just being angry. That there is, there's definitely, it's hard not to take it personal. Right. And there are definitely times where I'm like, she's being such a beep, right? <laughs> but you you get a pass because you know how much crap you're going through,
0: mm-hmm.
2: right? Like, if you're just being mean for no reason, that's a different, Yeah. right? And then I have to look at you, who, and we're going to get into this too, who you really are, right? Oh, okay. So give you enough grace to have these moments, right? Mm-hmm. Not just, all right, she's being mean, I'm leaving,
0: yeah.
1: I don't know if you've we've ever talked about that. It makes me really sad.
0: That you were mean?
1: That he was like enemy number one. You know, that he he had to take a brunt of my emotion and I know I did it, I know I did it. And I know that I was mad and I wasn't mad at him. But like you said, just like with Steve not knowing when to take things personal, but like the fact that you even had to, like, wear armor for that makes me really sad.
2: Yeah, and and, and I want to sit here and pretend that, you know, it's just like, I'm not gonna let you break me, and I was I'm gonna be resilient about it. But there are definitely moments where I'm just like, this is this is a lot to handle, right? And and it's not clear whether it's you and I are not getting along, is we have a problem personally, right? Because right, that's, that's the first thing you go to when you – because that's what you think the situation is, right? And it's not until later, kind of like you said with Steve, like you don't digest that. like how, Because it, it doesn't make sense, right? Because you have to like think about it later. Like, how in the world did that situation turn into this? Yeah. Right? So in, the, in order to make sense of it, you have to go, oh, like, that's the only rational – either you're completely irrational, right, and then we need to get you on some medications or something – Right? Which could be Maybe. still the case, but... or or you're processing something else at the same time. Yeah. Right. So, and again, it, it, this is a like trying to talk about it after it happened, but when you're in it, it's not this clear. Right. It's just it, right. It, but both people are getting their feelings hurt, and yeah. I'm sure I didn't always make things better because my go-to was just don't don't engage.
1: Yeah. Right.
2: It's like. And maybe that makes things worse for you because you want resolution to whatever the problem is that you see, right But I can't bring you any resolution that we would both be happy with because just to have a normal conversation with you would be very difficult. Yeah, yeah.
1: I've told you this a million times, but I don't know if I've really shared with anybody listening, but my husband was my absolute rock through this journey. If it hasn't clear yet, like <laughs> I've told him a million times even through today. like I don't know how I did any of this without
2: him didn't always feel like I was I was the support you needed like a rock can drown you too right like I didn't I didn't always feel that way like I always felt sometimes I'm in the way right like you can't have your own needs you can't have your own I guess my desire for your time or my desire for anything right would just be put on the back burner
1: it was. And we, we talked about that. We went, I want to say we went to counseling through the cancer journey because of that. And I, and I know that our relationship was affected and it was getting to a point where like, I know it's taking a toll on us and I want him to know that our relationship is still a priority. I just don't know how to prioritize it. Like I'm dealing with this and yes, the relationship is on the back burner, but I need you to know it's still important to me. I just don't know what I'm doing. So I need we needed help to talk to somebody to get us back on the same page of how we can do it together and him understand that I still, you know, I still need him and I still need him to do whatever he's doing, if it right, wrong, whatever. But I just need still need him to be there. So what do you remember about us having to go to counseling? Do You
2: remember that? I do. I, you know, and counseling, you don't it's rarely one thing. Right. It's,
1: yeah. I mean, we covered a bunch of stuff, but I, I wanted to yeah. make sure that that was clear to some degree. And, and I don't <laughs>
2: remember it being the focal point like, hey, I'm dealing with this cancer thing. How do we, how do we cope? I don't remember that being the focal point of no. our, our cancer. Or no. Our, it, it was more like we're at odds about things that we're just at an impasse. Yeah. Right.
1: Like, yeah.
2: I don't know where to go from here. And counseling helps with that, and they try to give you some tools,
1: communication tools. Yeah, that it, was they gave us a card. I want to say that yeah. was like when you have a problem, talk through how I felt, what I heard, something like that, right? Yeah.
2: And that that didn't always help because some of this—that's a rational way to deal with. For the most part, emotions are irrational, mm-hmm. right? It's very hard to try to process a feeling by doing a three-step, four-step card. Yeah. Right? It's like, no, I, I, I feel like you're a piece of crap. That's what I think. Well, why do you feel? I heard you say I'm a piece of crap, but why do you think that? It's like, because <laughs> you're a piece of crap. Get on my face. Right? No. It, it just it, you get just gets to a, s- a certain point where you have to somehow figure out how to re-engage in love and let that, it never goes away, but you have to let that subside, right? You have to let that sort of anger subside mm-hmm. and You know, just trying to be real here. It always lingers in the background somewhere. There's always that. You know, they say love is very close to hate, right? It's like you can't hate somebody that you don't love, right? Definitely close to each other, right? Like the whole.
1: I don't know if I agree with that. We'll agree to disagree.
2: Well, what I mean by (laughs) this in our relationship Uh is that I'm so worked up about this Uh because I do care about you because I do want to love you. Yeah. But you're just making it impossible for me to do it. Mm -hmm. Right. So stop getting in my way of getting me getting my love. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to deal with the angry part of you. I want to deal with the loving part of you. Mm -hmm. Right, Mm -hmm. It's like you develop a hate for like, stop being that kind of person, be the other kind of person. Mm -hmm.
1: So you you had mentioned that you didn't have a ton of emotions during the cancer journey because you were dealing with mine. Mm hmm. Would you say, though, that there was any identified grief in, the, in your journey while she was still living, but through the cancer journey?
2: When I looked at the baby, I saw someone who was going through something very difficult and that she was going to make it and we were going to be here for her. When I looked at you, I, all I could see was your tears, right? It, I didn't see the baby's tears, right? Even though she was upset and she would cry sometimes, that wasn't her only emotion she didn't feel sorry for herself, right? She was just, she was dealing with life. And sometimes she was sad, sometimes she was happy. She was still a kid. Mm-hmm. With you, it felt like you were always in that sunken place. And that's hard to just see your loved one in that position. And that's where like the the real empathy for me starts to kick in. It was like, she's miserable, right? She's miserable not for a couple of days, for years. And there's no consoling you. There's nothing, and you probably talked about it on the last podcast, you don't wanna be happy. You don't wanna feel better. Like, feeling better to you is a, I'm putting words in your mouth, but feeling better to you was you not paying respect to what she's going through.
1: Mm, yeah,
2: I would agree with that. Like, Would you agree with that, mom? We want, like, to be happy meant that you were doing something wrong. Mm-hmm. I remember that very distinctly. And like, you're like, I don't want to be happy. I don't like, it just was like this whole, you can't make me happy. I don't want to do fun things. I'm not, it's not even in that headspace. Yeah. Right. That's where I'm at right now. Yeah. And that,
0: but is that yeah.
1: grief or is that depression?
2: Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I was thinking about the difference between these two things as well. Because I didn't have grief while she was going Living. through it. Mm-hmm. I was saddened. Right, and I, I wanted things to be different, but again, that's outside of my control. I need to be strong for you. But the moment I found out, right, the moment that news came, I remember calling my family to let them know, and I just which news that she was that she diagnosed passed, that she passed. Oh, okay. I just right couldn't couldn't stop the tears. Just on the phone with them crying, and you were yeah, like just where was I? You were standing right next to me
1: at the hospital. Yeah. Oh. And I remember you crying at the hospital.
2: It's just that's sort of when the, I guess, the reality hit. Mm-hmm. Like that's the, it. That's yeah. Like all of your hope is is now gone, right? Now you have to deal with the reality, right? You can't fake it anymore, right? You can't pretend that it's going to be okay because you you do both, right? You pretend it's not going to be okay, and you pretend that it is going to be okay both scenarios is somebody pretending. Yeah. Right? You just don't know until you know. And I chose the other side of it, right? I chose to believe that everything was going to be okay. Yeah. And when she wasn't, when it was, was, I have so many memories of that day that I don't even, I don't even know how many we can talk about on the podcast. We
1: can get crazy with them, but you've jumped ahead a little bit because. No, that's okay. We'll get there. Mm-hmm. This might be a good time, though, to take a break and talk about those much heavier times. Let's break here, and when we come back, we'll talk more about like I guess we're at the end of life now and hitting like that six months diagnosis, and so we'll we'll talk about that when we come back. Sounds good. Sounds okay. good. All right, catch you on the next one. See Ooh, you. Love you. Bye. Love you.
2: Bye, everybody. Good. <laughs> hey, cool kid. Love you.